So I know that this is an audio medium, but I do want to um, kind of spell out my new no-contact greeting that I'm trying to spread. I'm trying to uh, get it to catch fire. I've seen a few people do it. Make it go viral. Yeah. So it starts out with put your hand in the shape of a fist bump, kind of as at a downward angle, pointed towards the person. You say low bones. Low bones. Then you go into the namaste, which I think is self-explanatory. And then you finish it off by fist bumping yourself while making direct eye contact with the person that you're greeting and say, pound, pound. Pound, pound. But this is not a <laughs> socially distant podcast. Welcome to season seven, episode 17 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is Kramer Traverses Kramer, uh-huh. a.k.a. Dog Day Trav Turnoon, uh-huh. a.k.a. The Meat Traving District, a.k.a. Travbecca Film Festival. Yes. <laughs> and I am joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Sean Struck, not to be confused with Sean's truck. A.K.A. The French Connect Sean. A.K.A. Shant of a Woman. I was hoping for Grand Central Station. Station would have been good. <laughs> and we're also extremely excited to welcome back to the show, Chop Shop Regulator, The Chelsea District. A.K.A. Chell's Kitchen. A.K.A. New Jack Chelsea. <laughs> Further description of the show, the tagline says, Watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors. And then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we are not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Get that shit out of here! <laughs> this is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown? I amuse you? Uh, movie news. We've got one, two, three RIPs to start off with this week. First, the big one, Diana Rigg. Uh, actress from Game of Thrones and The Avengers has died at 82. And I believe that's the Avengers TV series. TV series. Yes. yes. Also, um, cinematographer Alan Daviau, D-A-V-I-A-U, has died at the age of 77 from coronavirus. And he was a cinematographer on E.T. and Empire of the Sun and The Color Purple. Are the, all three of those Spielbergs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then finally, uh, Stevie Lee, jackass star and wrestler, dies at the age of 54. So rest in peace and rest in power to all of them. Next, Broke Horror Fan presents Mandy on VHS with three variant covers to choose from. And I saw the link you sent me. They look awesome. Oh, yeah. It couldn't be more perfect. And then we've got, oh, this is a big one. Don Bluth launches a new studio to usher in a renaissance of hand-drawn animation. I'm so excited about that. Big fan. Oh, huge fan. Next, uh, MGM is working on a RoboCop series focusing on young Dick Jones. So RoboCop without the RoboCop. Uh Uh-huh. Brilliant. Positive news. Taika Waititi is working on a Time Bandits TV series pilot. Who better to work on that property? Right. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is delayed yet again, this time until Christmas. And this is the fifth delay of their release Dang. schedule. Yeah. Well, good thing it's set in the past, so it, it'll age. And so I think that wraps us up on movie news. Does anybody hear a phone ringing? It must be time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. 
Your Majesty, I must have a word with you. Ah! <laughs> ah, the Count de Money. <laughs> Don't correct me. Good day, choppers. My Twitter handle, should anyone care, is at Danar75, but I do refer to myself as Danamite. That's a cool double feature, Chelsea. I'd watch those two to see baby Colin Firth and to wash the Ted Theodore Logan image out of my head that wormed its way back in after I re-watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure this weekend. Whoopi Goldberg was in Sister Act, which was distributed by Touchstone, which at the time was owned by Disney, so I reckon it technically was a Disney film. She also voiced Shenzi, one of the hyenas, in the OG version of The Lion King, and she was Miss Mittens in Snow Buddies, Stretch in Toy Story 3, the White Rabbit in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Ursula in Descendants 2. Kieran Hines' first name is pronounced Kieran. I'm off to wander the moors, like Heathcliff looking for Catherine. See you next week. All right, whoopee, Dana. And we do appreciate your hard work. That will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, which brings us to the theme of the episode. Uh, Because we're recording this on September 11th, 2020, we're going to be talking about New York City movies in remembrance of the 9-11 attacks 19 years ago. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's uh, wow. it's a somber topic. Uh, we're we're going to try not to be disrespectful. Well, our peer Henry Zabrowski took care of that for us on this okay. week's uh, uh, last podcast on the left. He was, I got to check it out. He was he was calling it our our, our national holiday. Oh God! And wow. how we really no longer have an enemy to fight. Uh-huh. Therefore, the gravity that it used to carry just isn't there anymore. That, yeah. I I agree with that to some extent. However, there were really heroic people who also lost their lives, who put themselves at risk to save others. And for that, I say, you know, it's worth remembering. Yeah. I like to say, always remember to never forget. Nice. And Chelsea, thoughts? Uh, Hearing you say it was 19 years ago is crazy. It is crazy. That's wild. So that will bring us into our Midnight Double feature. And this is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two films that we've selected for a double feature that are kind of within our category this week. And Chelsea, would you like to go first with yours? Sure. Um, My double feature is centered around teenagers in New York. And the first one we're going to watch is Kids from 1995. Such an uplifting film. (laughs) It's... uh, it's not. I saw it for the first time this week. Yeah. I, di- I didn't even know this film existed until oh, this week. Wow. And it's a very accurate depiction of uh, teenagers in the mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. I, I told you, it was like somebody just stuck a camera against the wall mm-hmm. and just flicked it on and just let this play out. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a climax that doesn't happen at the end of the film. It's right. like you're, on the, you're along for this mm-hmm. ride. And it just doesn't get there, and it leaves you just kind of gut-punched, at least it did for me. Yeah. An empty feeling, which I think was the point. Also, um, early roles, if not their debuts, from Rosario Dawson and Chloe Svengali. (laughs) Seven day. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm pairing that with a movie from 2018 called Skate Kitchen. Skate Kitchen. Now tell me about this. So it's kind of along the same lines as kids, Mm -hmm. but more from a female point of view. Oh, interesting. This girl 
lives in New Jersey mm-hmm. and she doesn't have a lot of friends and she's a really good skateboarder. She sees this thing on social media like, hey, if you're a chick and you want to come skate with us, mm-hmm. be here. She goes and she finds these friends and these girls are all like, wow, you're amazing. And mm-hmm. she gets kicked out of her house. Oh, she goes okay. and lives with one of them. They just they just kind of run wild. She sort of gets to experience what it's like to be a teenager for the first time. Okay. Do you think that it's you would call it kind of a coming of age movie? Oh, absolutely. Okay. It's not as raw as kids right. but there's a lot of the same elements yeah that um skate culture the gen x skate culture was very prevalent um sean what is your double feature going to be i'm going to go with two films that kind of ride the line of being like dystopian mm-hmm. sci-fi even though the first one isn't really that sci-fi at all it's the warriors from 1979 come out and play yay So in the near future, a charismatic leader summons the street gangs of New York City in a bid to take it over. Uh, When he's killed, the warriors are falsely blamed and now must fight their way home while every other gang is hunting them Uh down. So it is a point A to point B type movie. I say it rides the line of sci-fi, though, because all the gangs are very theatrical. Yes. And they don't... Almost in a, like, Thunderdome sort of way. Yeah, very much so. And they exist outside our reality, Mm -hmm. uh, especially the, the... the Valkyries. I saw a list of all of the gangs that are mentioned in mm-hmm. the film, and there's like 70. It's crazy. It should be noted, though, that it does star Michael Beck, who was the lead actor in Xanadu. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So you talk about two distinctly different roles. Um, but I am pairing that with 1981's uh, Escape from New York. Oh, yeah. Directed Snake Blitzen. Yes. Uh, directed by John Carpenter, uh, starring Kurt Russell with a Snake Pliskin, which is... Pliskin, sorry the quintessentially best name mm-hmm. in all of movies. Uh, Lee Van Cleef is in it, uh, Ernest Borgnine, Donald Pleasance. So you've got this great cast. And in 19, 1997, the future, when the U.S. president crashes in Manhattan, uh-huh. which is now a giant maximum security prison, a convicted bank robber is sent to rescue him. Snake. Far and away better than the sequel, Escape from L.A. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Harry Dean Stanton's in this. Uh, Isaac Hayes is in it. And Adrian Barbeau is in it. So nice. it's got a fantastic cast. And it is a, it's a good film. I really enjoy both of these movies, and I recommend them. All right. Very good. My double feature is kind of themed around the fish-out-of-water trope. And they're both also set in New York City. The first one I watched for the first time last night and i've seen varying release years some say 69 some say 70 but it's called hercules in new york (laughs) it's got a 17 percent on rotten tomatoes directed by arthur allen seidelman hercules is sent from mount olympus to modern day manhattan where he takes up professional wrestling before getting mixed up with a gang of mobsters oh my god the actor billed as arnold strong is in fact a young arnold schwarzenegger in his film debut. He's also playing opposite somebody that we've talked about before, Arnold Stang. Oh, okay. Coke bottle glasses yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So yeah. th- is this really Schwarzenegger's first? Because I thought yes. I brought up his one of his early roles. I thought it was his first. but um, he, set, he refers to a different movie as his first, even okay. though he was in this prior gotcha. to it. Okay. He wasn't billed as himself. He was billed as Arnold Strong. Though. Okay. Uh, and then I'm pairing this with Another real bad movie uh, called Crocodile Dundee 2, a.k.a. Croc 2, 
from 1988, it's got a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's even lower than Hercules in New York. Wow. <laughs> Directed by uh, John Cornell, Mick Crocodile Dundee, played by Paul Hogan, is settling into his new Manhattan home when a South American drug dealer abducts his girlfriend, Sue Charlton, played by Linda Kowalski. Kozlowski. Linda Kozlowski. Uh, the drug dealer thinks images of his criminal activities taken by Sue's photographer ex-husband are now in her hands. The dealer takes Sue to Columbia and threatens her, hoping that she'll give up the evidence. But intrepid Dundee, aiming to rescue Sue, is soon on the criminal's trail. <laughs> I, I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> they're, they're both really bad. I think that for nostalgia reasons, I would I would rank Croc Two over Hercules in New York. Gotcha. They're both bad. Whatever happened to Paul Hogan? Oh, he's um he's got a new movie out this past year, but it's, he's basically playing himself. Wow. Yeah. All right. So those are our double features. Good job, guys. We're gonna get into our feature segment now, which is the recast. And the first movie that is set in New York that we're going to recast is 1989's Do the Right Thing, directed by and starring Spike Lee. Universal Pictures presents a new film from Spike Lee. Good morning, Miss Mother Sister. Now, Mookie, don't work too hard today. The man says it's going to be hot as the devil. I've been here 25 years. LaSalle's famous pizzeria is here to stay. Trust me. Mookie, the last time I trusted you, we ended up with a son. You want brothers on the wall? Love. Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. What I tell you about that noise? What I tell you about that picture? You talk to him, brother. Talk to him. You the man. No, you the man. No, you the man. No, you the man. The first time you turn your back, boom. Ah! Right here, man, in the back. Y'all take a chill. You like to sign a petition to boycott Tao's famous pizzeria? Hear me, what you ought to do is boycott that no good barber that messed up your head. And that's the double truth. You know, deep down inside, I think you wish you were black. <laughs> Who told you to step on my sneakers? Who told you to walk on my side of the block? Who told you to be in my neighborhood? I own this brownstone. Who told you to buy a brownstone on my block in my neighborhood on my side of the street? I can't even hear myself think! From Spike Lee. Director of School Days, and she's gotta have it. Good people, please! If we don't stop this, we can stop it now. We're gonna do something we're gonna regret for the rest of our lives. Doctor, come on, what? What? Always do the right thing. That's it? That's it. I got it. I'm gone. Got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think deservedly so. Absolutely. So the the premise, Salvatore Sal Fragione played by Danny Aiello, is the Italian owner of a pizzeria in Brooklyn. A neighborhood local named Buggin' Out, played by Giancarlo Esposito, becomes upset when he sees that the pizzeria's wall of fame exhibits only Italian actors. Buggin' Out believes a pizzeria in a black neighborhood should showcase black actors, but Sal disagrees. The wall becomes a symbol of racism and hate to Buggin' Out and to other people in the neighborhood, and tensions rise. What am I missing? Oh, God. Uh, you've got a climax that is as relevant today as it uh -huh. was then, proving that we haven't changed. We're all awful people. Mm -hmm. And uh, emotions and tensions bring out the worst in people sometimes. And we sometimes do things that just don't make sense. Yeah. And Chelsea, had you seen this before? I had not. Okay, so this is your first viewing. What did you think? Um, it was scary mm -hmm. how it was like turning on the news yeah. today. 
how eerie that is. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the roles we are recasting. First, we've got Spike Lee, who was 31 at the time, playing Mookie, the pizza delivery guy. Then we've got Danny Aiello, uh, the traditional but racist Italian owner of the pizza place. Uh, Sal. Then we've got Rosie Perez, who was 25, playing Tina, and she's Mookie's girlfriend. Then we've got John Turturro playing Pino. John Turturro was 32 at the time. Remind me what his character... He's, he's Sal's son. Okay, gotcha. And he works in the pizza place too, right? He's the more racist of them. Okay, yeah, He's yes. pretty overt with it. Gotcha. And then we've got Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson playing Mr. Senor Love Daddy. And he's a radio DJ? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, the community local radio station. And Samuel L. Jackson, I'm always amazed at his age, was uh, 41 already in 1989. It's crazy, man. He's 71 now. It's crazy. It really is. All right, so who would like to go first with their Mookie? I will. Go for it. Um, my actor was in Booksmart. He's in the TV show Love, Victor and Star Trek Picard. Uh-huh. He is also the son of Cuba Gooding Jr. His huh. name is Mason Gooding. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know he existed. I didn't either. And then I saw him and I was like, you are perfect. That's awesome. I love it. Sean? I picked an actor who is uh, 29 years old and his body of work is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has done quite a few films and shows that address a lot of the same issues of do the right thing. Yes. Um, he was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He was in Selma. He was in Sorry to Bother You. I'm talking about Lakeith Stanfield. Awesome. So good. He's one of my favorite actors just in general. Yeah. Um, I picked an actor who's 29 now. He was in Sorry to Bother You, Get Out, <laughs> Knives Out, Uncut Gems, and the FX series Atlanta. His name is Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer for me. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, next, we've got Sal, played by Danny Aiello. Danny Aiello was 56 at the time. And rest in peace to Danny Aiello as well. Yeah, he died just a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Chelsea, who did you pick for Sal? Uh, my actor was in Ant-Man, mm-hmm. Blue Jasmine, um, the TV show Nurse Jackie, and a TV show I recently watched called Vinyl. Yes. I went with, oh, I'm going to say his name wrong. Bobby Cannavale. Thank you. Bobby Cannavale. Okay. How old is he now? He's he's in the age range. Okay. Cool. And Sean. Um, one thing I liked about Danny Aiello's per, uh, performance is, is that while he had his racist tendencies, he wasn't a hundred percent racist, right. you know, and which I, was a very humanizing uh, characteristic. But also. Uh, he was pretty chill in the face of a lot of uh, aggression. Yeah. And hostility. And I see this actor as kind of, uh, you know, embodying that as well. He's 61 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was in Men in Black. He was in Ed Wood. He was in The Cell. He was in okay. Full Metal Jacket. Yes. And everyone knows him from the uh, SVU series. Uh-huh. I went with Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio is good, dude. That's a good pick. Um, he has... Over the years, he has changed a lot physically. If you go back and look at some of his earlier stuff, like he put on weight for Full Metal Jacket. Right. But if you look at him in Mystic Pizza, he's a lot thinner. Um, My actor 
is 51 now, and he is an Italian actor. I'm 75% sure he can speak English. <laughs> he's in The Traitor. He's in Subura. He was in Angels and Demons and The Best Years. His name is Pier Francesco Favino. Pier Francesco Favino <laughs> is going to be my Sal. Like I said, I, I probably could have researched whether or not he speaks English, but I didn't. <laughs> and so next up, we've got Tina, played by Rosie Perez, who was just 25. This is her film debut. Uh, Chelsea, who did you pick for Tina? My actress was in Spider-Man Homecoming, mm -hmm. um, The Greatest Showman. She's on Euphoria. She's about to be in Dune. Zendaya. Oh, nice. How about that Dune trailer? It looks so good. Drink. It's not exactly movie news, no. but it's pretty cool. If you haven't seen it, check it out. If you're a nerd, check it out. I liked <laughs> the side-by-side uh, -side video, yeah. too, of the old trailer and the new trailer. Yep. And somewhere, Alejandro Jodorowsky is shedding a single tear. <laughs> Your pick. Yeah, um, I'm no fan of Rosie Perez, mm -hmm. but I, I do have to give her... Big props for the opening credit sequence yes. where she's dancing uh -huh. nonstop in different outfits to uh, fight the power. And her facial expressions are oh, crazy. She was, she was totally into it. I, I love that. Um, so I went with a, a Puerto Rican actress as well. Mm -hmm. She's 28 years old. And she was in A Girl Like Grace. Uh, Beauty Shop with Queen Latifah. Mm -hmm. She's been on Hawaii Five-0 as well as The Oval. You might not know her. Her name is Paige Hurd. Okay, cool. My actress is 28 now as well. Her name's Paige Hurd. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, this girl was in, this woman, this actress, was in Spring Breakers. Spring Break. Uh, he, she was in, she was a voice in Hotel Transylvania. She was in Ramona and Beezus. It's Selena Gomez. That's cool. Selena Gomez is going to be my Rosie Perez. Next, we've got Pino, played by John Turturro. And I just looked to my left and saw the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou poster while I was talking about him being racist. Um, Chelsea, who did you pick for Pino? Um, my actor is in The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. He was in Nurse Jackie. Um, it's the son of Bobby. Jake. Oh, yeah. Jake Cannavale. Good job. I see. Really nice family lineage. Uh -huh. I dig it. Sean? Um, this actor is 32 years old, and he is going to be in the upcoming Batman movie, The Batman. Mm -hmm. He was in Teen Wolf on MTV. He was in The Leftovers on HBO. He was in Ask Me Anything, as well as... Filthy Preppy Teens. Uh, his name is Max Carver. Ah, okay. okay. He just looks like he's got a punchable face. My actor is 29 now. He was also in Subura. He's an Italian-American actor. And he's also on the TV show based on that film. He's in a movie called The Furlough. And My Daughter's First Time with, with Lowell from Wings. Oh, <laughs> His Thomas name, Hayden Church? Yes, Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, his name is Giacomo Ferrara. Giacomo Ferrara. And does not he does he not have a serious John Turturro thing going on? Yeah, I think so. I think it's Giacomo. Oh, really? Giacomo? 
Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Maybe he pronounces it differently. Um, finally, Samuel L. Jackson, 41 at the time, playing Mr. Senor Love Daddy. Who did you pick for this, Chelsea? He's always so hard to recast. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when we have to recast him. Um, so I struggled with this, and then my day was ending, and I needed to print this, so I, I picked Jordan Peele. Oh, nice. He's age appropriate. He could do it. <clears throat> oh, that's cool. Uh, so, Sean, your Mr. Senior Love Daddy? My Mr. Senior Love Daddy is 39 years old. Mm-hmm. I want somebody with a voice since he's on the radio. Yeah. Uh, this actor was in Murder on the Orient Express, he was on Red Tails, he was in Smash, but most people have recently seen him in the uh, Disney Plus broadcast of Hamilton. As Aaron Burr. Oh, yeah. Leslie Odom Jr. Very nice, dude. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. All right. This one for me was the no-brainer. Um, he's 46 now. He was in Bamboozled. He was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's in Be Kind, Rewind. And he was in Life of Crime, playing the same character that Samuel L. Jackson played in Jackie Brown. His name is Yasin Bey, a.k.a. Most deaf. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. So, final thoughts on Do the Right Thing. It's a great movie. It's and definitely it's a recommend. Still, oh, yeah. Still so relevant. Very pertinent, yes. All right. Well, with that, we're going to say, let's, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. And get ourselves a slice. And a hot dog. Hot dog's here. All right, Chop Shoppers, thank you for bearing with us during intermission. This is your host, Travis, and I just have one question for you, Sean. What is one way we could make our podcast more prominent? Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. or. And pin your friends down and force them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like Make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people under them yeah. to do it. And multiply. A podsy scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show. Don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also, uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinemachopshop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at Cinema Chop Shop. We do a lot of stuff on there like our movie marathon where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. And now... On with the show. All right. Welcome back, Chop Shoppers, and thank you for bearing with us during intermission. When we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. 
And what have you got for us today? Uh, well, I've got a new beer from a, I guess they're new to me, uh, uh, Southern Range Brewing Company out of Monroe, North Carolina. Right. Uh, we took a field trip, Chelsea and my lovely wife, Allie. We went up there and uh, checked them out and uh, pretty decent. Right on. Uh, you said they had a lot of IPAs, A lot right? of hazy IPAs, a lot of New England IPAs. And this is a hazy IPA of theirs. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's not on theme, but Pinky Ring Bling. Pinky Ring Bling. I can. Now, so it sounds like a mafioso or a hip-hop kind of thing. I thought it was a reference to the Bling Ring. Those know. kids who were like breaking into celebrities' homes and stealing their shit. Uh, was that in New York or was that in L.A.? That sounds like an L.A. thing. Probably. All right. And while we enjoy that... Let's go ahead and get into the 2020 Movie Marathon. Uh, this is where, throughout the week and throughout the year, Sean and Chelsea and I and uh, Andrew, Andrew do this marathon where we try to see as many movies as we can, new to us movies, and we check them in with the hashtag 2020 Movie Marathon on Letterboxd and Twitter. And as of this recording, it is the 255th day of the year. And I'm on number 308. Chelsea, what did you say you were on? 254. You're one behind the day? I've been on par with the day like the last three weeks. Gotcha, but it was a busy week. I understand. And Sean, what are you on? I'm on 323. Wow. You're you're closing in the home stretch there. Uh, yep. But you usually go above and beyond. That's not bad. I think mm. I liked the first one better, the hop sequencer. Hop sequence? Hop, hop sequence. So, hop sequences. <laughs> Citro City. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't bad. It's not bad. I, I agree with you there. I think the uh, hop sequences is better. All right. Chelsea, you said you just have the one check-in this week, right? I do. What are you going to do? Um, it's a documentary. Okay. It's called Running with Beto. About Beto O'Rourke? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was cool because we got to see him speak at seminar. Uh-huh. And a lot of like his same campaign people were there and... I knew he was grassroots, but I didn't realize just how grassroots how much, yeah. and him just going door to door, knocking and, you know, talking with people. Mm -hmm. It was, it was really refreshing. I liked him and it was a shame that he never had a chance. Yeah. He is the most gracious and enthusiastic loser. Yeah. I've ever encountered. This was following his bid to take, take on Ted Cruz. Yes. Okay. Which was significant in his defeat. It was probably the closest a Democrat has come to dethroning Cruz and his like. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why he has so much momentum. It's it's just it's only a matter of time before he tips that balance. All right, Sean, what's your first check? Um, this is going to be a New York movie. This is a TV movie. It's called The Children of Times Square. Okay. And it follows the lives of a couple of children and their... Descent into being destitute children who make their way on Times Square either through prostitution or drug dealing or, you know, it. What is the time period? Uh, this is going to be in the eighties. Okay, is like it's right, like dirty New York. Yeah, mid eighties, and this is at the height of uh, before you know we started hearing about cleanups. You know, right. with with Ed Koch and uh, and uh, Giuliani later. Yeah, Giuliani later, exactly. So uh, despite its uh, sappy TV movie elements, I was really surprised they pulled very few punches with regards to the 80s era Times Square. Uh, pedophile prostitution mm -hmm. was was put front and center, not graphically, but it was not 
even hinted at it was this is what's happening. They didn't shy away from the issue. As well as a pretty detailed uh, description of how uh, a, you know kids can run a drug trade um, at the hands of an adult leader. Right. So uh, not bad. I mean, not good either. But it was it was cool. It was, it was surprised to see. Ju- I was surprised to see just how uh, edgy it was for a TV film. I wonder how that would pair with kids. Um, okay. I mm-hmm. mean, you've got one decade removed. Yep. Uh, this would be kind of a little sanitized. Uh, being By a TV movie, it yeah. did have a TV movie ending. The boy who was really in the in in the most danger in became up. the mayor. Well, he got reunited with his mother, and she took him back home. Okay, you know, same thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. My first check in is going to be Mulan. I've watched the new Mulan, the live action remake of the Disney animated film. And I said, I know what we say about these live action reboots, but I never saw the original. (laughs) As as far as that sort of thing goes, this film is pretty amazing. They took it in a very Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon direction. Yeah. Uh, Lots of wire work and just amazing stunts. And you've got a female lead who's very heroic. So I enjoyed it. Did you read any of the articles about the female lead actress and her oh, yes. racist her, tendencies? Well, is it that or she um, is defending China over Hong Kong or something like that? I, I can't remember exactly what it was. There's Dana. something controversial about her. Look it up, Dana. All right. And so... Oh, back to me? Yeah, it's back to you. Um, I'm going to check in The Lords of Flatbush. Okay. And this is... Uh, from oh crap oh, I don't know what year it's from it's got to be early 70s you've got uh, uh, Henry Winkler nice. and Sylvester Stallone uh-uh. and uh, it felt like I was watching Grease minus the music <laughs> these guys are a bunch of greasers with their leather jackets and whatnot uh, you know running around with picking up chicks and causing trouble and mischief I was disappointed that Winkler had fewer lines than Stallone. He ended up being a bigger role in this movie than I wanted him to be. Is this pre or post Happy Days? Um, oof, I gotta look at some timelines. Yeah, because I wonder if the the character of Fonzie, Fonzie yeah, if maybe this movie got him that role yeah. or yeah. he was kind of typecast a little bit. Um, interesting. As I'm watching this, though, I'm thinking it would be really funny to picture the Brooklyn Greasers in modern-day Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you talk about a fish-out-of-water story. Indeed. Alright, my next check-in is going to be a movie that I was kind of surprised that I enjoyed. Um, it's number 305. It's from 2020. It's called The Outpost. And it is the true story of the Battle of Kamdesh in Afghanistan where, from a poor strategic position, 53 U.S. troops fought against 400 Taliban. And it stars Orlando Bloom, and he's gotten skinny. Like, I was looking at the guy, and I was like, he looks familiar. He looks familiar. And I, I looked at the cast, and I was like, oh, shit, it's Orlando Bloom. Uh, probably It's probably that Katy Perry breakup, right? Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's okay. son. And Caleb Landry Jones, who I talked about last week with the interview with the Vampire Recast. And... Milo Gibson, Mel Gibson's son, who we spoke about recently. Wow. Uh, it was pretty good. It, the the uh, authenticity was there. You could tell that these guys had done a lot of research on the way that military people actually talk. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, my last check-in, and I think you and I are going to tag team this one. Yeah. Uh, across 110th Street from 1972. Across 110th Street. 
You've got two New York City cops who were racing against the mob to catch three hoods who, disguised as cops, stole 300000 from a mob-controlled bank in Harlem. It's it's not an actual bank. It's right. called a policy bank, but it's basically just an illegal card racket. Sure, exactly. And, of course, my note on this, racism abounds. Big time. <laughs> oh, my God. My review was, and I, I'll say that I didn't super care for this. I just thought that the, the gritty griminess was a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, but my review was, oh, by the way, this was 306 for me. Dirty cops, mobsters, gambling, robbery, racism, and prostitution in 1970s New York City. The song by Bobby Womack was better. (laughs) Um, I guess one thing I should say about today's episode, uh, I think it was inspired by uh, an interview with the Safdie brothers that I saw on the Criterion channel, in which they asked uh, one of the brothers what their favorite New York City films were. And he had just come from another interview where the same question was asked. Oh, so he so had, he a, had a list. So he ready. had a little cheat sheet <laughs> of all the movies, and so uh, jotted those down. And I've got that list. If anybody's interested in seeing, yeah, what the you recommendation sent it to me. Is. There's some good stuff on there. And uh, so that's what inspired a lot of these movie marathon check-ins for me this week. Very cool. All right. Does that wrap us up on 2020 movie marathon for this week? I think so. All right. Should we crack open another beer? Um. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, this is your namesake. Yeah, they named it after me. Citratron. Citratron. This is also from Southern Range Brewing. This is a hazy IPA. My next thing on the list is the second part of our feature segment, The Recast Continued. Part two. The sequel. Forget about it. Redux. (laughs) And we're talking about a very New York movie from 1979. It's got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, certified fresh, directed by Woody Allen. It is Manhattan. Chapter one. He adored New York City. He idolized it all out of proportion. Uh, no, make that, he, he romanticized it all out of proportion, better. To him, no matter what the season was, this was still a town that existed in black and white and pulsated to the great tunes of George Gershwin. Uh, now let me start this over. Chapter one, he was as tough and romantic as the city he loved. Behind his black-rimmed glasses was the coiled sexual power of a jungle cat. I love this. New York was his town, and it always would be. Manhattan, starring Woody Allen. Well, okay, well, tell me, why did you get a divorce? Why? I got a divorce because my ex-wife left me for another woman. Okay? Really? Mm-hmm. God, that must have been really demoralizing. I don't know. I thought I took it rather well under the circumstances. I tried to run them both over with a car. Diane Keaton. Oh, no, no, no. You're much different. You're much different. You're yeah? S- yes. You're someone I could uh, I could imagine having children with. Really? Yeah. Well, well, hit the lights. Go ahead. Turn them out again. Michael Murphy. You don't want to make a commitment, and I don't want to break up my marriage and then find out that we're no good together. The point is, what the hell am I doing in this relationship anyway? My phone never stops ringing. I could go to bed with the entire faculty of MIT if I wanted to. It's just, I don't know, I'm wasting myself on a married man. Mariel Hemingway. See, I'm glad you could get out tonight, you know, because uh, I really did want to see you a lot. I like it when you get an uncontrollable urge. Yeah, I know, it's my best feature. Meryl Streep. Don't write this book. It's a humiliating experience. It's an honest account of our breakup. Jesus, everybody that knows us is going to know everything. 
too? You're so threatened. Hey, I'm not threatened, because I, of the two of us, I was not the immoral, psychotic, promiscuous one. I hope I didn't leave out anything. Anne Byrne. Wow. Is this true? Did you make love with Jill and another woman? Did she put that in there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did she want it? You know, I, you know I, I, was, I didn't want to be a bad spirit. I came here to strangle you. Nothing I wrote was untrue. What do you mean? That book makes me have to be like Lee Harvey Oswald. It's an honest account of our marriage. I think I'm still in love with Yale. You are or you think you are? I started seeing him again. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. Look, I love her. I've always loved her. So what, you liked it now? You don't like it? You did like it? You, you know, it's still early. You can change your mind one more time before dinner. You are so self-righteous, you know? I mean, we're just people. We're just human beings, you know? You think you're God. I, I gotta model myself after someone. I had never seen it before. I had not seen it either. Watched it for the first time. He's... I guess he's always kind of just playing himself. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that this is another movie where the uh, cast, you could not afford it now. Yep. Um, you could also say that there's a lot of very telling things about the plot of the movie that would later come to be <laughs> in Woody Allen's life. It's kind of like when you view it with a 2020 hindsight lens, uh -huh. it's like, oh, well. You just kind of put it out there for all of us to see, and yep, and we were cool with it at the time when it was just a movie. I think that my review said this is Woody Allen's love story to New York. Too bad he's also in love with underage girls. Yes, absolutely. I will say this though: the uh, some of the film, the filming, the the photography mm -hmm. is outstanding. Yeah, the movie's not bad. It just feels bad in retrospect well it's shot in black and white mm -hmm. uh there is a a date scene in the planetarium at the museum planetarium and there's some beautiful high contrast photography with deep deep blacks where the light's just tracing the outside of of witty's face and uh, uh what's her face's face diane, uh, Keaton. diane keaton's face and they just have this dialogue and that's all you catch is this glint yeah. of light and man, that's tough to do, and it's very it's just exceptionally done. My favorite part of the movie was when they were at a cocktail party, and this random lady says, I finally had an orgasm, but my doctor said it was the wrong kind. And Woody Allen's like, really? It was the wrong kind. Even my worst one was I knocked it out of the park or something like that. Yep. Um, so... Director Woody Allen's Love Letter to New York City stars Allen as a frustrated television writer, Isaac Davis, who is twice divorced, malcontent, and facing middle age alone after his <laughs> wife, Jill, played by Meryl Streep, leaves him for a woman. Isaac is dating fresh-faced Tracy, played by Meryl Hemingway, who was 18 at the time, but her character is supposed to be 17. A high school girl he knows is wrong for him and begins to wonder if he and brainy writer Mary, played by Diane Keaton, the mistress of his best friend Yale, played by Michael Murphy, might make a better couple. What else? Well, Chelsea's been making a face the whole time, so I want to get her take yes. on this movie. Tell us. I don't, even without the underage stuff, mm -hmm. Woody Allen is so annoying. Mm -hmm. um, you can only hate yourself so much. Very self-loathing. Like, just jump off the fucking bridge already. It was interesting that you say that because when he first meets Diane Keaton's character, he's describing her to, uh, or complaining about her, more or less, to Tracy. And all the things he says he doesn't like about her are qualities of Woody Allen and Woody Allen's character, Isaac, in this. Yes. Uh, shall we get into the roles we're recasting? Sure. First, we've got Isaac Davis, played by Woody Allen, who was 44 at the time. 
Then we've got uh, Mary Wilkie, played by Diane Keaton, 33 at the time. Yale, played by Michael Murphy, who was 41. Tracy, played by Mariel Hemingway, who was 18 at the time. And then Jill, uh, Woody Allen, or Isaac Davis's wife, played by Meryl Streep, who was 30. All right. So, Chelsea, who did you hate enough to, get to recast? Uh, I, don't, I don't hate him, but he can play kind of... Um, Awkward? Yeah, and good at the self loathing mm -hmm. where it doesn't feel annoying like i think okay. i think he would make it a little bit more humorous and yeah um i went with john favreau oh cool very nice um wow i'm just picturing picturing him in this role that's very interesting uh okay sean who's your pick um <clears throat> this is a theme round for me nice a pretty obvious one too okay i went with a 45 year old actor who is also a director. He is known for What We Do in the Shadows, mm -hmm. Jojo Rabbit, yes, and The Mandalorian, and Thor Ragnarok. I went with Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi! He's the man. My actor is 38 now. I aged it down a little bit. I was going for somebody who is very, um, uh, what's the word, well, awkward, and also um, neurotic. And we've talked about him before. He's kind of a chop shop favorite. He was in This Is The End, She's Out Of My League, and he's a voice in How To Train Your Dragon. I went with Jay Baruchel. Nice. Yeah. Jay Baruchel. Uh, even though he's Canadian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Chelsea, and Buck. And Buck. Uh, next up, we've got Mary Wilkie. I really like my pick for this, but I want to hear yours first, Chelsea. So, obviously my actress has to be cool because yeah. Diane Keaton's cool in this and she is cool she was in Ingrid Goes West um, Dirty Grandpa Ignore yes. from Parks and Rec I went with Audrey Plaza very good Audrey Plaza sorry yeah. I cannot speak um, I think it's Aubrey oh sorry I still can't speak she's right. friends with Finn Wolfhand <laughs> Finn Wolfhand oh my God. <laughs> um, your pick Sean uh, my actress is, she's nearly 37 years old. Okay. And she was in the god-awful Lady and the Tramp. The the remake? Yeah. The CGI one? Yeah. Um, she was in Creed. She mm. was in Men in Black International, Dear White People, and Thor Ragnarok. Tessa Thompson. Oh, yeah. Tessa Thompson's great. Okay, my Mary Wilkie is 30 now. She's primarily known as a singer, but she has been in some motion pictures such as Valentine's Day, The Lorax, The Giver, and Cats. Her name is Tay-Tay Swift. Oh. Taylor Swift is going to be my Diane Keaton. What? Chelsea, do you have something you want to say? You're not a, you're not a Swifty? Oh no, I love Taylor Swift. Okay. I'm not a fan of her music, but she got huge respect from me with her stunt she pulled for Record Store Day. Oh, what did she do? Oh, uh, records started arriving for Record Store Day from, from you know... Uh, and The distributors? They no, the record shops. Okay. They're opening their boxes, and like all of Taylor Swift's albums are, are autographed. Oh, cool. That's super. And they're just like, what the hell? Nobody announced this. Nobody knew about it. And she went to town and just autographed thousands of records. 
She's also gotten a little bit political in recent years. Yeah, and I kind of mm-hmm. dig her politics. Me too. Yeah. All right, next up we've got Yale, the best friend uh, who has a mistress, and um, his mistress is Mary Wilkie, uh, at least until they break it off for a time. <laughs> um, and Michael Murphy was 41. Who's your Yale? So... Obviously, I don't like this movie and my apathy is shining through with not being able to speak and also just fucking forgetting to print out who I chose. But oh. I did choose Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> chose Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> I forgot him uh-huh. in this movie until that one speech where Woody Allen is next to the skeleton. Otherwise, yeah. like, I'm like, who the fuck are you? Oh, so I, love I want. I love that, that speech, though, by the, uh, the uh, prehistoric man skeleton mm-hmm. because it's kind of funny that. That's the visual you get when he's talking about all that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sean, who's your Yale? Well, before uh, before I start, let's crack open our other beer. All right. This is uh, your contribution. And speaking of Jean Favreau and... Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi and um, dude from Vinyl's son, Cannavale's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cannavale's son. Bobby. This is or a... No. Direct send-up of The Mandalorian called The Tangelorian. And it is a tangerine sour that I'm going to crack open right That's now. That's from our friends Frothy Beard down in uh, yeah, Charleston. Charleston, South Carolina. And I also purchased this at The Wall of Beer in Pendleton, South Carolina, which is one of the coolest beer bottle shops in an old gas station I've ever been to. Gas stations are fantastic for that kind of thing. Tart, tart, tart. As it should be. But wow. After those IPAs, that is really... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Too much. You did. Sorry, I'll drink it. It's like um, being hit in the head with a lemon wrapped around a gold brick. Oh, I like it. Oh, I get the tangerine all yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. All right. Jeez, that's that's nice. I, I dig that. Well, you have some more of it. Yeah. This. <laughs> I don't dislike it. I, it just really, really puckered me up. This reminds me of Christmas morning. Okay. Because when I was a kid, uh, my parents used to stuff the uh, tangerines down at the bottom of my uh, stocking yeah. to fill out the little foot. Gotcha. And uh, I, I just remember eating tangerines, uh-huh. you know, on Christmas morning, and this hits it. That's I just, like it. That's nice. So my pick, I'm sorry about the deviation. Uh, my pick for Yale, uh, he's a 42-year-old actor, and he has been in episodes of The Office, mm-hmm. uh, episodes of Better Call Saul. He was in VHS. VHS. And he was, he is in, rather, the uh, What We Do in the Shadows TV series okay. as the energy vampire. Nice. I went with Mark Proch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Cool deal. I, um, I went with a British actor, and I don't know why. Uh, maybe I was going for the right age range, but I don't think the character necessarily can't be british no no reason why um he's 37 now he was in the god-awful terminator genesis he's in pride prejudice and zombies he was in lost river he's going to be in last night in soho he's also going to be in morbius and most people would know him from doctor who it's matt smith matt smith is gonna be well that's cool my yale with a name like Yale, you kind of expect him to be like this uh, button up, erudite, yes, professor type. Uh-huh. Anyway, so yeah, the British thing works. 
next we've got Tracy, uh, the 17 year old high school girlfriend played by Mariel Hemingway, who was 18 at the time. Now, Mariel Hemingway is the one who's still alive, right? It was her sister who killed herself. Oh my God, I can't remember. I think, I think so. I'm pretty sure when I was doing my research, it said, is a Dana actress. Uh, Margot Hemingway was the other one. Is that is right? Is that right? Something like that. 18 at the time. Chelsea, who did you go with for this? Uh, my actress was in This Is 40, Knocked Up, Funny People. I went with Maude Apatow. All right. Cool deal. You've shopped her before, haven't you? I did, and I think somebody used her, not last, maybe last week or the week before, but she just, she's younger. She's not mm -hmm. that young, but right. um, she has that New York kind of much so. look. All right, Sean? Um, I went with an actress who's 20, but she plays young. Um, she was in The Hobbit. Mm -hmm. She was in The King. She was in Leave No Trace. I liked Leave No Trace. And she was in Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Her name is Thomason McKenzie. She's good. And I didn't even realize that was the same girl from Jojo Rabbit and Leave No Trace. And she's from New Zealand. Okay. And uh, yeah. Cool deal. My uh, actress is 24 now, but she looks much younger. She was in Split. She was in Glass. She was in The Vich. She was in... Oh, is in right now, New Mutants. Her name is Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes. Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be my underage mistress. Oh, Not my underage mistress. Woody Allen's underage mistress. Mm. And next we've got Jill. Uh, doesn't have a lot of scenes in this. Uh, played by Meryl Streep, who was 30 at the time. Boy, she was pretty. She's gorgeous. She still is, but yeah. boy, was she pretty. Yes. 30-year-old mm -hmm. uh, Meryl Streep wouldn't kick her out of the bed for eating crackers. <laughs> Chelsea, who are you going for? Um, I just wanted the same level of amazing cheekbones. Uh-huh. And I know I've chopped this actress before, and she's one of your favorites. Okay. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. I do like her. The talented Olsen sister. Yes. With great <laughs> cheekbones. Indeed. Uh, Sean, who is your Jill? I went with a 36-year-old actress who okay. also has some high cheekbones. Um, she was in um, Festival. I'm sorry, The Festival. Um, Please Like. As well as, oh, What We Do in the Shadows. Ha! Huh? In the role of Nadia. Her name is Natasia Dimitrov. Okay. I don't know her, but I think I know your theme. Is it Taika Waititi? It's all Taika Waititi projects. Very cool. All right. Well, my Jill is actually 40 now, but she bears a striking resemblance to Meryl Streep. She was in Conan the Barbarian, the 2011 version. She's in G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Earlier when I wrote it down, I wrote G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobra. <laughs> She's also on Criminal Minds, and she was in Dumb and Dumberer. That's the middle one where the younger versions of them. Her name is Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols. Not to be confused with the sportscaster Rachel Nichols. But yeah, she is going to be my Jill. On Very nice. Do you see the <clears throat> face value? Oh, I do, I do. Have you ever seen the Conan reboot? I haven't. It's 
in my opinion, is it tolerable? It's it's underrated. It's okay. not good. Don't get me wrong. It's Who not played good. Conan? Uh, Jason Momoa. Jason, Jason Momoa. 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 All right. So, final thoughts on Manhattan. Uh, there are other uh, Woody Allen films I would put in front of you besides okay. this one. Um, it's not terrible if you can get past Woody Allen himself. As, as Chelsea said, not just his real life persona, but he wears thin. Yes. And that was part of his, his shtick yes. in all of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I can't quite remember how many times he worked with Diane Keaton, but it was several. Yep. Maybe uh, Dana can verify that for us. All right. Yeah, I'm going to say recommend with reservations. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, no. That's not a recommend <laughs> from Chelsea. All right. So that brings us to our bonus segment, which is going to be a battle royale. Are you guys ready? Okay. To fight to the death. Let's do it. Between Dick York, Dick Sargent, and Sergeant York. <laughs> Get some York. <laughs> So Dick York and Dick Sargent, of course, were the two Darrens on Bewitched. Uh, Dick York being the first one, Dick Sargent being the second. And Sergeant York was a real-life war hero from World War I who later played himself in the movie Sergeant York. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, this is easy. Go. Dick York. Dick York. Okay. He's, Why is it so easy? Because he, he's the better Darren. Okay. Bewitched is an amazing show. Uh-huh. And I had an imaginary friend based off the mother character uh-huh. of that show. I'm going to go with uh, Dick Sargent because that's what I call my penis. Well, I'm going to go with Dick Sargent because he was blessed with a five head. The five head. Like I was. And <laughs> birds fly into it. I can testify that uh, if wielded correctly, a five head can do quite a bit of damage in a battle royale. <laughs> so Dick Sargent all the way. Sorry, Sergeant York. You didn't win today. But he, he really, if you've never seen that movie mm-hmm. about him, he like single-handedly took out like a shitload of Germans. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank you, Chelsea, for being here. Chop Chop Regulator. Anything you want to plug? Uh, oh, we don't have trivia. Nope. Uh, food truck stuff that, at Seminar. Yeah, on, on weekends moving forward, yeah. we're going to have food trucks at Seminar. I also want to thank the engineer, my co-host and co-producer, Sean, the brew boss, anything you want to plug? Yeah, expertise. Expertise. Yeah. If you uh, if you hire an expert to do a job, you should let them see it through and get out of their way. Does this have something to do with your work week? Probably. Okay. Uh, all right. And next week's episode is going to be Explorer Films. And because there's no trivia, we don't have a sneak, pre- sneak peek trivia question. Um, but I do want to plug wearing a mask. Black Lives Matter. Also, the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. We're hosted online on Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Cinema Chop Shop. Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com. And the beers that we checked in today, all four of them, will be on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D under the Cinema Chop Shop handle. Finally... Thank you to you, the listeners, and please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. And tip your cabbie.